Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jo Wilson, and this is the show for women who struggle to accept their worth, but want to embrace their gifts and share their witness for Jesus. We have a great show today. Our guest is my friend and fellow author, Kathy Brasby. Kathy is curious at heart. She loves to learn, study, and ask many questions, making her a perfect fit for her former career in journalism. Kathy holds an MA in Theological Studies and a BA in English. Her blog and current book dares people to hope through despair and dives into real stories of people overcoming hardship. Her Christian faith is the foundation of all her work, even on her hobby farm in Northeast Colorado. Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast, Kathy. I'm so happy to talk with you today. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's really an honor to be here. So we have so much to talk about. I'm so excited to hear your story. Um, you too have a passion for people sharing their stories of overcoming difficult times and overcoming hardship to really be kind of a tool for encouragement um, for people who really struggle with darkness and with just brokenness, which um, we all kind of experience that, you know, we, we get into our peaks and we get into our valleys and uh, sometimes it's a really deep, dark valley. So I'm excited to hear more about your story, about how you got started with writing and what made you really want to reach people uh, with their own story and how you really kind of transformed your passion to, to focus on hope. Um, so why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of your background and maybe how you came to, to know Jesus and how he kind of took you to, through the journey of writing your book, as well as learning all these stories of people that really have overcome very difficult times and how that really impacted your personal journey. Thanks. Uh, I grew up in just your typical family, two parents, four of us kids. I was the oldest. We were in church basically every Sunday. And I remember asking my mom, I was probably seven or eight, something like that. How can I be sure I'm going to heaven? She's, well, you need to believe in Jesus. I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm good to go. And I'm one of those odd people that really didn't back off of that. Uh, I think that's a gift from God. I really do. For sure. Now, I won't say that all of my time was just, you know, white hot passionate. In fact, I'm going to talk in a minute about some of the ups and downs that I've been through in my own life. But that's kind of where I started. Um, let's say after, uh, after I got out of college, I was uh, living in a small town. I actually taught high school English for a year. And let me tell you what, that is its own adventure. And one year was plenty of that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun stories there you learned, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother deal. Yes. But then I went into journalism. And was living in small towns. I've basically always lived in small towns. Uh, love small towns. And uh, but anyway, I was invited to a Bible study, and uh, I still I knew and loved the people, and I still do. But their their some of their stance on some issues were different than the way I'd been raised. And I said, Why do I think the way I think? And it sort of plunged me into the Bible in a way I'd never been before. And I wished then, I can look back and say, I would sit and open my Bible and say, what does Ephesians mean anyway? What's it about? 
And, uh, but I guess a takeaway that I would add there is it just takes years to grow in that, but it just takes that persistence, which is just a great life skill in so many different ways. Um, and so I was, uh, yeah, involved in Bible study. I went to, to uh, singles conferences to get to know Jesus better, not to meet guys. But I was okay <laughs> if meeting guys would have been okay. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of friends from then, but it just hadn't happened for me. I mean, I got into my early 30s and I was still single mm. and I didn't want to be. Now, some people are called to singleness and I know God blesses them for that. So I, it's not everybody's calling, but I just felt such a call to have a family. I wanted a husband and children. And the further I got into my thirties, the less likely that was going to happen, mm. especially in this little town that I was in. And when I say little, I'm talking a thousand people. Oh, <laughs> everybody knows <That's>, everybody. <laughs> everybody knows everybody there. And, uh, so then, um, we had a tragedy in our church. A young mom with four kids was killed instantly in a car accident, mm -hmm. ironically, on her way to a prayer meeting at church. Mm -hmm. And um, so, long story short, her husband, her, anyway, and I were married about a year later. Wow. Was just one of those, what in the world? I remember hearing shortly after his first wife died. Uh, that his parents came, were moving to town to take care of the kids. They had four kids, four to 15. And they said they were going to stay until he remarried. And I thought, who's going to marry him with four kids? Aww. God hadn't <laughs> told me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was still working in you, you know. He was he still was, painting yeah, exactly. that story. Yeah. Still painting that story. So we came from home from our honeymoon to four kids. Yeah. And amazing. a year later, we had one of our own, a uh, little girl. And then I think Matt was okay with five kids, but God put on my heart for one more. Aww. I wanted one more. And so we worked at that for a oh, year and a half, two years. And then I finally got pregnant and then I had a miscarriage. Aww. I have never had that devastating a loss at that point in my life. I was absolutely devastated. Aww. And um, I just went numb. I mean, I was just in this empty fog for months. And um, I don't think anybody particularly paid attention. I was doing the things that you do, but inside I was just numb. Yeah. And then hollow. We yeah. went. Yes, yeah. Just hollow. Yeah. Exactly. And then we went on a on a camping trip, just ironically, up in the Rocky Mountains. Beautiful place. And sometimes a change of scenery kind of helps you reset. I was sitting around the fire one evening, and I just thought, I miss God. Hmm. And I pulled out my Bible and I started reading in the Psalms and it was like he was sitting right beside me and said, I've just been waiting for you. And when you're ready, we're going to rebuild this. And so over the next few months we did, I mean, it just was uh, incredible how, how strong that relationship came. And, uh, I mean, six months later I had a second miscarriage and I got through that one. Okay. Oh. I knew I never wanted to be that far away from God again. And that has just become a guiding light in my life. Now, just as a side, uh, we did have a second child, oh. uh, a little boy. And so we have six kids. Now. Oh, that's beautiful. 
Praise Jesus. Uh, so That's wonderful. Praise <laughs> Jesus. I, yeah, it's just incredible the way he worked mm -hmm. in ways that I never expected. I forgot one piece. Let me go back to my single days because this was actually a key in in my uh, in my growth with the Lord. Because after a while, I just got to the place where I would wake up in the middle of the night, my heart pounding. Mm. I am single, God. I can't do anything about it. This isn't fair. You know what I want, and you won't give it to me. Nothing wrong with a husband and children. Why won't you do this? One night at two in the morning, I'm sitting there just raging at God. And I said, I don't think I even should believe in you anymore. And I sat there for about 30 seconds. And like another part of my brain just said, do you know how dumb that is? You know full well he exists. And you, even if you don't believe in him, doesn't make him vanish. He is still there. Yeah. And I knew that. And so I said, okay, God, I do believe and I know I do. <laughs> so that was part of that, that growth process. Um, so just kind of fast forward, uh, I've gone through the death of both of my parents. Mm. And my mom's was especially difficult. We were, she was like my best friend. And that was hard. But again, I never said, God, how could you do this to me? I said, God, I, I knew with my mom I had a choice. Do I just walk away? I don't believe in you anymore, which was foolish, and I'd really been down that road. Or did I just hang on to him? Mm -hmm. And it was just like he would tell me every morning, I will never leave you or forsake you. Every morning, I will never leave you or forsake <sighs> you. And so I went through that time with my mom. She'd had a massive stroke, so we had ah. about five years of just really, it was tough to see her decline and she had been an energetic adventurous woman and she's now in a wheelchair it was a tough time i'm sure but through all that god always said i will never leave you or forsake you so i'm gonna see i'm getting to the book finally oh <laughs> yeah do your thing that's okay no i love to hear about your story really because i feel like your background always is what kind of builds like it usually takes you know, well, everybody's story is different, to be honest. It can't, you can't even say, like, you hear these amazing things that people do, and sometimes they're just called right away, and they just listen to the call, and, the, and they're just blessed throughout it. But then sometimes it's a little bit darker than that. It's a little bit harder because, but, you know, what you notice is that, you know, people's pain becomes their passion. So yeah. that's where, you know, I, I just, I absolutely, you tell all if you want to. <laughs> I love to hear about how, um, I mean, not like the, the, the hardship, obviously, because no matter what, I mean, that's always so hard. I mean, that hollow feeling like you had, you know, was probably twofold because at that moment you were just so hurt. You just wanted a family so much and you know, you're, you're blessed with your husband, you're blessed with your children. And then you wanted this, you just felt this call to have another child. And then, you know, losing that child, like, it's like your hope for the child was just lost. And then it's hard to trust them after that, you know, and maybe you didn't trust them because, you know, you see him kind of taking things from you because you trusted him so much to give you those things when they're taken away. It's really difficult. That's a hard journey. And I'm sorry that you had to walk that Kathy, but it, there is a part of it that, that maybe, maybe helped you prepare you at least for, for what was coming. Um, so that's the good part, but it's never easy. It's never it's not just never is. And it's, it's your own experience. And even somebody who's gone through that, even somebody who has had a miscarriage or has lost a child, um, 
even, you know, though they may understand the situation and be able to comfort you in the fact that they've been through it too, it's your own experience because it's your, you have a very unique relationship with God and very unique kind of life. You know, you have a unique story to tell. So, um, but I'm glad that you it at least empowered you a little bit to come back to him. You know, you came back to him and then you were able to get through um, the second one. So and then you have this beautiful miracle boy, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're so glad he's here. Yes, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm sure. It sounds yeah. like you just are so immensely blessed with your family. Yeah. But go ahead. Finish. Go. I don't want to keep, keep interrupting you. Huh? Yes. Keep going. No, no, no. Talk about. You, OK. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, about, uh, two years ago, I was asked to speak at a, a women's conference here in, in, um, in Fort Morgan, my hometown. And, uh, the topic was hope. And as you commented in my introduction, I am curious. And I thought, okay, what is this hope? This was a Christian conference. What is Christian hope? So I started digging in and it wasn't very long. I said, I got way too much for a 20 minute speech. <laughs> so naively, or I don't know why, I decided, well, I'll just write a book. If they, if they like what I have to say, then they can buy the book and get more. So that was my plan. So I started planning out this book, and it morphed into stories. And I began to, so I interviewed a number of people that I knew or learned of are going through horrible hardships. Um, a friend of mine, um, we've lost him now. He was going through ALS, a mm. man of faith. And so I said, can I interview you? And yeah. Oh yeah. No problem. And so his story is in there and those kinds of things, uh, a woman that her husband cheated on her and they had to rebuild their marriage mm. and she was ready to quit and walk away, but they rebuild it. You know, those kinds of things. There's several women that has, she still has a lot of pain. She was in a horrible car accident and caused a lot of pain. She will never be out of pain. Mm. And, but she walks in incredible faith and just connects to God. And so these were people that I wanted to write about. And then I also went back into some of the Bible people and like there's a chapter about Naomi from the book of Ruth. Mm. We tend to focus on Ruth, but not on Naomi's pain. And uh, so I looked at, so anyway, I wrote all these stories and my husband, Matt, was such a cheerleader as I'm writing this. <laughs> he wasn't a reader. He was a, oh my goodness, he was a hands-on kind of guy. He was a contractor and he, he could build anything, <laughs> but he was reading these chapters and giving me excellent feedback Aww. and just such a support. I mean, it was so good. And um, I had got to, I had all the chapters written and I was in the process of editing and forming and forma formatting. This was at the end of Jan and I'm going to go through the timeline just a bit. So bear with me, but it was end of January in 2022. And he says, he was says, I got a lot of pain in my belly. He says, you need to take me to the ER. Mm. And I said, are you sure? Cause he hadn't really been talking about it, but we went, they drew blood, did all the, did a CAT scan, did, I don't know what all, and they couldn't find anything. They finally said, well, we think you passed a kidney stone and it's gone, so go home. And the next morning, his pain was gone. So we thought, okay, we're, we're fine. On with life. A couple of weeks later, then his, his doctor called and said, I see something funny on that CAT scan. Why don't you come in and we'll do a contrast CAT scan? 
Kelly, you are a nurse, so I'm sure you understand all this 10 times better than I did or even do. <laughs> yes. But well, yeah. it's a tough, it, you know, you, you'd be surprised at how much you learn real quick whenever it's your loved one, <laughs> you know, it's your husband. You're like looking at, you're probably looking up CAT scan and looking, IV contrast well, and all that, you know. Kind of, but I was kind of like, well, okay, we'll get it figured out. Right. As an optimist, we'll get it figured out. So the doctor, he went in for that and the doctor says, well, we think that that's cancer in your kidney. And, but the treatment for that is removing the kidney. So March 1st to 2022, they removed his kidney mm. and the surgeon said, you know, everything looked good. We didn't see any cancer. I don't think the cancer broke out. So we go home, he starts to recover, but the surgeon was wrong when they did the biopsy, the cancer had broken out. Mm. And so then we had to make plans for chemo, radiation. How are we going to do this? And they won't do anything for six weeks after the surgery to let your body heal up. And um, by the end of March, he was in horrible pain. He ended up in the hospital on April um, 13th of that year. Mm. And as I look back now, he was on a steady decline. I, I didn't see it at the time. I just, okay, today was a little rougher, but tomorrow we'll get that upswing again. Yeah. And um, we lost him on April 23rd oh. of that year. Um, yeah, I came into the hospital, his room that morning and they said he had a rough night and I, and, um, we agreed I need to call, call in the family, which I knew that was serious. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we were able to get five of the six, six kids, five of the six kids were able to come in. A couple of his siblings, his mother came in, um, family, there were several friends just were able to come in during that day and just say goodbye to him. And this is a cool piece of the story. Um, our youngest daughter um, was, because we were praying over him and you know, talking to him, reading him scripture, this sort of thing. She says, can I read Revelation 4 and 5? Oh. And I said, sure, of course. We'd had a number of things read. So she read those two chapters, which are about the throne room of God. Mm. And during that time is when Matt passed. Oh. It was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's amazing. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. He probably was, you know, I have, I have been blessed and honored to be at people's bedside when they pass mm -hmm. many times. I took care of very, very sick people. Um, and it, they always, you can always tell, I know that people always say that they can, the last thing to go, like they can, even if they're not communicating, even if they're not moving, they can hear you. And there are so many times, Kathy, that I can tell you that that I believe 100% people can hear you 100%. And I wonder if maybe he heard his daughter <laughs> speaking yeah. to him that chokes me up because it's just it's just peaceful yeah you know it was it was very peaceful he was surrounded by loved ones and i know i had uh hospice came in although we had really no need for hospice because it was just a few hours and they said well do you think you want to go want to take him home well of course not because that was an hour away in an ambulance and i knew he didn't want to be surrounded by the furniture. He wanted to be surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yes. Good stuff. That's good that you guys yeah. were, were there for sure. Ugh, yeah. I'm so sorry though. My goodness. 
Yeah. Oh, what you yeah. guys have been through. What you have been through. Well, you know, it, it's amazing. I look back and there's things uh, I don't even remember that first month after he passed. I mean, I remember a fair amount, but there's things I don't know what I did about that. There's decisions I had to make. I don't know how I made that decision, what I did. But about a month afterwards, I knew I had to finish the book. Yeah. I had to finish it for him. And um, I had editing to do, but I knew now this was a place, and you'll see it if you get the book and read that. La that last chapter is Matt's story. Oh. And it was almost like I had to decide, do I believe what these people were teaching me through their stories? Do I believe what they said about who God is? And I said, I do. And I think part of my process in writing those stories helped me be able to take what they had learned and apply it in my own life. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. So I, I got it finished and got it printed in time for the conference. And uh, just that's been a blessing and a connection to so many people through the book and through the conference and through what happened. Uh, it, it's been wonderful. So God, I have a friend uh, who has a grief ministry. I don't see my ministry as a grief ministry, although it certainly seems to veer into that a lot. Uh, <laughs> for but, sure. For yeah. sure. Well, you've experienced, you've, you've had to navigate it, yeah. you know, so much in a certain way, but maybe, you know, like you said, you're opt an optimist. So maybe it's a hope ministry. I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand a yeah, little bit. I think so know? too. Yeah. 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 Cause she makes a good point, this friend of mine. And I, I think you'll be able to put her website in the show notes, maybe. Uh, it's grief, For sure. Happy to. Yeah. Grief, grief to Great Day. And she has a Christian, Christian women. And one of the things that she encourages people, women in is that your loved one's mission is done. It's, they're, they're, it's concluded. And, but yours isn't. And you need to keep walking forward into what God has for you. Of course, there's going to be healing. I mean, I have this visual image of limping, you know, through my days. And I, I will probably be in a little bit of pain. I know it gets to be less, but you know how it is. You, you sprain your ankle or something and you limp and it gets better, but you know why, uh, why you're limping. And uh, it's okay to be in some pain. I can navigate, okay, knowing that there's a little bit of pain there. And uh, so I continue to explore what God has for me in my life. So that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. It takes so much courage, honestly. And it does, it, it takes a lot of faith too. Like you said before, how you were kind of raging at God, you know, I feel like we all have those moments, but everybody's afraid to talk about yeah. those moments. Cause you're like, you want to be this like good Christian, you know, like you don't want to <laughs> say like you're yelling at him and you're mad at uh -huh. him, you know, but I mean, he's our father. He corrects us, you know, yeah. and the loving, how yeah. loving father corrects us and kind of conforms us and shapes us and takes us through these times where you're like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and then you kind of see, or maybe don't see fully yeah. the, the whole purpose, but you feel comfort knowing that you have a purpose and you have a calling to reach people with your story. You know, um, I, I just think it's so powerful, you know, through all of that, yeah. I think it's so interesting that you started this book, you got called to, to speak at this ministry or at the conference. And then you start this book, not, I mean, just look at the journey of the book. Like you just start the book, 
looking into other people's stories and learning how they've like powered through. And then by the end of the book, it turns into your story. You know, it's just so crazy how that can work, which makes it even more compelling yeah. in that way, just because you have such a personal connection to everybody in the book because of that, you know, which you probably didn't even think would happen when you started it. I, I just, oh my goodness. I hope everybody listening gets a copy. I'm sure it'll bless so many people. I'm sure it already has. Um, that's just crazy. <laughs> my husband's name is Matt too, by the way. <laughs> and he, he like builds stuff and everything. So even as you're, you're talking oh, about that, I just, cool. um, you know, I, I can kind of empathize there, you know? So the book is already out. You will already released the book where, uh, where if anybody listening wants to get a copy so what just tell a little yep. bit about the book the name and and where we can we can get a copy okay it's called cutting through despair dare to hope and you can go to my website kathybrasby.net or you can go to amazon and it's available just as a paperback or as a kindle perfect perfect i'll definitely put that in the show notes i'll yeah. put the link to your website in the show notes um as well as your friends ministry right. i think that's beautiful that they're you know god's their their purpose is finished which is really hard for us to kind of accept i think for a while because you know that in your life you're you need him <laughs> you oh, know yeah. you need him yeah. so it's it's um but that's a good way to look at it yeah. um and I can tell you, it, it's that's a that's a short period of time. That's pretty abrupt. If he's like going in for testing and doing things, you know, the beginning of the year, and then by April, you know, that's that's hard. That's definitely hard. Um, but I'm so glad that you guys are surrounded by family. That you have, you know, your children. Who? How old are your kids now? Like, how old did they? Do you have grandkids? And and we have all of that now. Ten grandkids. Oh, that's ten beautiful. Ten grandkids, ten <laughs> wonderful grandkids. We just did a cousin's camp a few weeks ago and had oh, almost all of them there. Not quite all of them, but it was great fun. Ah, oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And the uh, the youngest, our uh, special boy is, oh goodness, 27. So they go up oh, from there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. we've had, but I am surrounded and I choose to look at the people that God sends to me. Uh, my son, for example... He brings his cousin and his friends out and they help on my little farm and they come. I see them all two or three times a week. We just went and played disc golf Monday night. Oh, that's so cool. You know, we just, and they're all young. They're in their twenties yet. And they invite me to go along with them to the city sometimes and hang out. And, and I just see that as God's um, provision for me. Uh, my daughter, uh, the one that read Revelation, she and her husband built, and Matt helped them build a house about a quarter of a mile from my house. So they oh. are right there to help. Uh, my sister lives in town, so she's like five or six miles away, and some of her boys live in town. Anyway, and other people, people from church have come out, and I choose to recognize what God has given me rather than what I've lost. Yeah, wow, that's so awesome. That's just so awesome. Yeah. Because man, is it so easy to isolate? Yeah, it just is. It's just so easy because when you're hurting and you're justified, it like justifies it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're justified in not wanting to do things that day. You're justified in staying in bed. You're hurt and you don't feel like it, and you just want to stay there. But 
wow, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength to say, no, like you said, I'm going to look at what God, God brings my way. And I just love that you have such a community around you, family, friend, you know, like that you have that and embrace it because man, it, it makes it a lot easier. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. That's a very, it's just wonderful yeah. because he does put people in our lives. Like even if we aren't ready to see it, you know, sometimes people, and it's so, sometimes it can be very unexpected, the people that he puts kind of in your path. Um, especially when you reflect back and you're like, huh, this person, I never realized that this was actually a blessing. I thought this was not a blessing at all. You know, like, it's just funny how, how he works in that way. Oh, I understand. I have a, um, an illustration I wanted to give you going back a little bit to God's love for us. And this was a picture that I saw a few months ago about God's love like a, um, a waterfall, which we get, that, that love coming down like a waterfall. But then I suddenly saw me, this little tiny person, down at the bottom of this massive waterfall. <laughs> and it didn't really matter if I was scooping up water, like I was scooping up love and throwing it back up to him. His kept coming. Or if I was scooping up mud and throwing it back up. It just kept coming. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, that that's a neat picture. It's overwhelming and it just keeps coming. And he didn't say, oh, well, you tossed a little mud my way, so I'm shutting off the water. No, he never does. It's just so overwhelming for us. And that's really comforting, me, comforting to me as well that that promise of coming to us and his presence and all that is incredibly comforting to me. That is such an awesome picture of how he loves us. Wow. That is, I love that you just said that because I literally picture, because if you think about that too, it's coming all the time, but at a force mm -hmm. too, like it's like forceful, you know, if you're standing under this massive waterfall, there's no way you can get away from it. You just can't. You know, he just loves us and that's it. And that's what the great, his grace is all about. And that's what, you know, the gift of Jesus is all about. And I love that you embrace that. Yeah. It's very encouraging for sure. Now, I usually, I usually ask my guests if there was a couple, I usually ask a couple things, but one thing is, you know, a lot of times the, it's really hard when you're going through a tough time to, to. Gra you're like grasping at straws sometimes, you know, whenever you, like you said earlier about the miscarriage, you felt hollow. It was just very numbing and, and you just feel so distant from God. Um, but sometimes, you know, even just one verse can really kind of carry you through just one verse can anchor you in a way that keeps you tethered to him a little bit, you know, even through the pain. So was there any like Bible verse or verses that really helped you in that time? If I had to pick one, I would go to a super familiar Psalm, just the 23rd Psalm, verse four. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And this is the key part for you are with me. That's the key part to me. You are with me. Uh, because we all go through valleys. Some of them are deeper than others, but we don't ever go alone. And that was a, that was a big comfort to me. That is a wonderful Psalm and man, is that fitting yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy that you just said that 
right now, because right now in my life, there is a little bit of a valley going on. It's more, I, it's hard because I kind of already see it as a blessing. Um, but you know, it's hard, you know, you got to trust God and things that he kind of prunes out of your life a little bit. And the Bible studies that I've been going through, um, I love in touch, uh, ministries with Charles Stanley. Mm -hmm. And I usually listen to those every day. And right now, um, we were just going through that and that that Psalm specifically Psalm 23, and he's talking about peaks and valleys just was looking at that yesterday and the day before and the day before. And it's so crazy how it just always comes together. I can't believe that you just said that one out of all the things. That's so funny. Um, but that's, you know, that's how he works. That's how he but, works. Yeah. But it really is fitting. Like you said, you know, some, some valleys are really deep and dark mm -hmm. and difficult. So I, I, I love that. And that is definitely one that is fabulous. <laughs> Carry it with you for sure. Yeah. Um, so did you have any, so, so you, the women that listen to the, the podcast and a lot of women reach out to me and I, I wanted to touch way back, um, initially, like how you said about your, your single journey, feeling single and kind of struggling with that mm -hmm. because I've had a lot of women email me and they, they worry about that too. They worry about that too, about not having a husband, um, that they really feel compelled to have a family to have a husband, um, they, I think, blame themselves a lot mm -hmm. and maybe think that they're not worthy of it or think that God thinks they're not worthy of it. So what made you realize or what helped you to realize um, when you were kind of going through that too, that you could trust in God, that you kind of stay the course and just open yourself up. Cause I feel like, like how you said, like in your later thirties, you start to lose hope a little bit. So like, what was the kind of turning point, if you will, to when you were like, you know, trusting God and, and open to, to love, you know, especially like with how Matt's ex-wife, how she passed away, he was probably grieving mm -hmm. and kind of going through different, he probably didn't even, it was like, didn't even see it coming, you know? Right. So how did you do, how did you kind of open up? Well, I would say, as I shared with you, that I distinctly remember that night in the middle of the night and just telling God I didn't believe in him and then realizing, of course I did, and he existed whether I did or not. That was actually huge, kind of helped yeah. me right the ship a little bit, began to look at, I forgot I was going to look this up, but uh, where Paul talks about being content in all circumstances. And I really focused on that and said, God, if I want to follow you and walk with you. I have to learn to be content in this. And then I gathered up my courage and I actually prayed, God, if this isn't what you want for me, take that desire away. And I really didn't want to lose that desire, but I said, if that's not where you want me to go, take it away and we'll move forward and where you want me to go. Um, it was sort of like, God, I hope that you don't, but if you do, you do. Yeah. <laughs> You're in charge here. Like a here. little kid, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to let it go. I don't like let it go. Holding your hands up yeah. slowly, you know, yeah. like, take it. But I've seen him at different times when I've prayed other prayers, not one specifically like that, where he's just totally changed me. And I, I was amazed. I said, wait a minute. I mean, I had a time where I was really angry. This was back in my newspaper days. And I had, and I tell you what, in small towns, customers come in and just rip you to shreds on a regular basis. And this particular customer came in and ripped me to shreds. 
And uh, God said to me afterwards, he said, pray for her. And I said, I'm not praying for her. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Why? He, she just flipped yeah. out on me. You know? And he said, no, pray for her. So the first day I was like, dear Lord, I pray for so-and-so, like about that excited about it. And then next day, yeah, yeah. pray for her. <sighs> dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. And the third day he said again, and I realized he had changed my heart. And I actually could pray for her. Yeah. And we actually, awesome. we were never best of friends, but we could, we had, it's a small town. You, you see everybody. And we actually were able to have uh, a cordial relationship. He changed my heart. So I had seen that in the past. I knew he could. And even when it's not what I wanted, I knew he could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I feel like that's a, such a great picture of how he hears us, you know, like he knows the desires of our heart yeah. and like wants to, to give us. And a lot of times he puts those desires there. Um, but he also wants to, wants to give us the desires of our heart too, you know, as long as we are always, you know, focused on him and, and it's like wholesome in that way. So that's, that's great. But being content in cir all circumstances, I feel like is a good lesson, uh, hard lesson, hard. <laughs> Usually you can only learn that lesson if you're going through tough circumstances, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. so that, but contentment, you know, that's a, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, that contentment thing. Um, I'm going to share this. Uh, feel free to cut it out if I get, because it's a little bit of a short Bible study. So feel free to cut it out if you don't want it. Oh, no, go. Um, but um, I just finished a study about the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament, which who studies Habakkuk, right? Um, but he basically is saying to God, God, I look around me. And in my own country, everything's falling apart. What are you going to do about it? And God says, oh, I'm going to send the Babylonians in. And he says, wait a minute, they're worse than we are. How can you do this? And he finally, Habakkuk says, well, okay, but you're God. I know you're God. I don't understand how you're going to do this, but I trust that you are. But then um, the last chapter closes out with an incredible description of what he could imagine maybe God would act like. Uh, but at the very end, uh, he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. This is after. That word yet is huge because mm -hmm. right before then, he gives a description of what's going to happen to Judah. In this case, when Babylon comes in, it says, though the fig trees, fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crops fail, the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. That's just been a powerful statement to me. He's describing the, the devastation of war in this. And he knows it's coming because God told him it's coming. He yeah. never gets to see the other side of it. And yet, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. That was a conscious mm -hmm. choice that he made. And it's really an encouragement to me because we see hard things. And can we then say, I may not see, I may not understand it. I may not see the end of it. It may be something that God does in the future that I don't get to see. I don't know. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The Lord is my strength. That's where he finishes up. And that's, that was a really encouragement to me in the last few weeks. So I wanted to share that oh, yeah. with you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll put the link to that. Uh, what verse is that uh, from that last, ver the last 
it's part of Habakkuk. Yeah, Habakkuk uh, three seventeen, really through nineteen. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'll put in the show notes. That is very encouraging because like you said, he, I, you know, even, especially if he didn't even see the other side of it, but yet he is being rejoicing in the Lord. I like what you said that it was a choice Yes. because a lot of times when things happen, you feel like it, it, you, the choices are between bad and worse and they're not between good <laughs> and bad, <laughs> you know? So, um, but you can choose. You always have that choice. Yeah. You always have that choice to rejoice in God, trust in what he's doing, trust in the process of, you know, sanctifying us and conforming us to be like Jesus and, and, um, everything and just trusting his word. It's very hard, Yeah, but yeah. it's that, that really shows such a good picture. Yes. I can't wait to put it in there. Yeah. Um, or put it in the notes for everybody. Um, now did you have, I know we're almost at time, so I just wanted to, um, give you a minute if you wanted to give any other final encouragements. And I usually like to hear, um, one takeaway that you might have from our conversation today and from your story that you would like to tell a woman who's listening today that is struggling with very similar challenges, maybe lost somebody close to her, you know, struggling with grief or just struggling to be content in the darkness and the dark times that she's going through right now. So what would your like one takeaway or encouragement be for her? I would describe hope as a confidence that no matter what's ahead of me, God is with me and that I never walk alone. Yeah. Oh, that is so powerful because it's so lonely, right? It's so you, well, it feels lonely. It feels lonely in those places. You know, it feels like you're the only one this is happening to and nobody else can understand. And especially like you said, you know, when you were struggling with or, or having different things happen, you still, you don't even know how you were going about life, but you were still. Yeah. So like random people, you know, you're going to the store and you're going and doing all these things and nobody even knows what's really going on in your heart. You know, that it's just pain, you know, it's like a thorn in it. It's just stuck. So, um, that's also kind of another thing to just always remember that everybody has a story and everybody has things going on. You never, you never know. I used to see that so much in, as a nurse, I mean, there were, I always got the real prickly patients. Okay. The ones that are like tough, you know what I mean? I mean, look, people are tough whenever they're going through tough things. All right. And I get it, but they used to like, especially whenever we'd be on night shift, I was always the one that got the, like the prickly guys that were like, you know, kind of mean and all that. And honestly, you'd be surprised if you just open an ear for five minutes, people just people, people have hurts that you don't even know and you don't even see. Um, so it was, I mean, that's how most of the times it worked. Sometimes it didn't, but uh, most of the times it worked, but yeah, no, that's so powerful. Thank you so much, Kathy, for saying that. And just thank you so much for being here. I will definitely put a link to your website and your friend's uh, ministry and your book in the show notes. So everybody can kind of see that. And then all the Bible verses that we have mentioned today as well, will be in the in the show notes for everybody who's listening. So um, any final encouragements or anything you want to say, Kathy, before we go? 
just I, one thing God has said to me in the last year is just keep walking. That's that's been I hear that over and over. Just take one more step, one more step. So keep walking. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Keep walking. I love it. Wonderful. I can't believe that you said Psalm 23. It's still <laughs> getting me right now. <laughs> that's how God has works. word for you. I'm <laughs> telling you. Yes, 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 yes. I will fear no evil. Um, that is so awesome. So thank you so much, Kathy, for being here today. Thank you very much for sharing your story. It's not easy to be vulnerable. And trust me, it is, I'm sure, going to inspire many people. So thank you so much for being here. Kelly, thank you for what you're doing with your podcast. It's a, it's a powerful outreach for women. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You'll find links to what we discussed in the blog post version of this episode at www.eyewitnesspodcast.com. And our show today is brought to you by the Wilson Shop on Etsy. If you're looking for positive Christian-inspired messaging on your favorite apparel, journals, and gift items, then visit thewilsonshop.com. If this episode encouraged you, please consider sending it to one friend you think would benefit from what we've discussed. I'm so grateful for this time with you, and thank you for listening.